The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Farrell on the bench. On the fourth of Farrell in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. A bad seat, a broken day, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad under bad tape, bad luck, bad do, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Farrell Palatial right across the river and through the woods from where Granny likes to pick up new Kush Kush and wash it down with a little Jamo and Ginger on a Friday night, hanging out watching porno flicks in New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh, people dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do, but all my friends come around, flies and flies up, party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's a tatter, my brain's just flattered all over Manhattan, should do, be shake it up. All right, Pharrell with uh, Carver High tonight. I actually uh, am watching right now. I have this uh, thing on apparently, and I'm uh, just keeping an eye on it. Is the uh, Nathan's hot dog eating uh, contest story of Joey Chestnut against your boy Kobayashi. And it's a story of their rivalry, apparently, in, uh, you know, eating competitions. To see who's the greatest, uh, what do they call them, Carver High? Speed eaters? Quantity eaters? That would be competitive eaters. Okay. (laughs) Now listen, uh, I just want to be clear here. We have a lot to accomplish on this show tonight. But just at the beginning of it here, I want to establish how much I think these people are tools. (laughs) I just don't. I absolutely, you have got to be like sick in the head. Like something's got to be wrong with you where like that you even like this. I I just don't understand it. I've never understood it. I don't get it. And I don't, I've never wanted to watch it. It disgusts me. Apple iTunes. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, for all an event. So, uh, first of all, it repulses me watching these uh, people, you know, shove 70 hot dogs and soaking wet buns down their face. Uh, have you ever, like, is there anything worse in life than wet bread? <laughs> Honestly, Carver High. Is there anything worse than soaking wet bread? Like, even if you get pizza and you pick the pizza up off of the plate, right? Let's say you get pizza and you get it like, you know, we're from New York. So, right. We, we have great pizza here, like really good pizza by the slice, like the best in the world, bar none, right? Hands down. Okay. So if you go and get a slice of pizza in New York city and you pick it up and the, and the crust is soaking wet, like, you know, because of grease or whatever, is it not the most just god-awful experience of your life trying to eat soaking wet pizza crust? Yeah, it's like it's not enjoy it's not enjoyable. I mean, there's just nothing good about it. Have you so the other last night, late night, I get done doing the show and I'm I'm starving and my kid is having a pizza, right? And I'm like, bro. Yeah, a little midnight, little midnight snack here last night, little midnight snack. So I went, what are you doing, man? And he's like, I'm eating pizza, dude. And I'm like, well, I want some. And he's like, my pizza? And so I said to 34C, I said, there's got to be backup pizzas here. <laughs> so she said, I got plenty of pizza. Go down and grab it. So I go down, I grab this, this supreme rising crust pizza some form of of whatever pizza I, I don't even know what brand it was does it even matter so anyway i i so i put the thing in for 30 minutes right and i'm like usually i do the like paul newman's like 12 minutes what's the problem i gotta sit here for half an hour and wait for this and then you gotta wait when it comes out right it's piping hot and if you bite into it you burn the roof of your mouth so uh i wait 30 minutes and then i let it cool for 10 minutes whatever i don't even touch it i finally grab it and the bread like the pizza was soaking wet like the uh, the, the crust was soaking wet yeah and i, I was like that. i was like <laughs> it just was complete ass muffins i'm just not eating this i'm not eating soaking wet pizza crust meanwhile these femmes eat soaking wet I mean, literally drenched in, like, dunked in the swimming pool, literally dunked in swimming pool, <laughs> like, soaking wet, like, dipped in the lake, and then you eat the bread, right? Like, all you have to do is turn it on. You can see it right now. They're going to run this thing all night. Then they're going to run it all day tomorrow on the 4th of Pharrell. They do it every year. They cram this. I was just going to swear right there. <laughs> they cram the shack <laughs> down our throats. And I'm just like, 
Is there anything more repulsive than watching these people shove uh, wet hot dogs down their face? And then they're, it's just all over their face and skin. And then there's like, then they're, then they literally, uh, when they're done, they're sick, right? They got like, uh, they show their bellies and then they, they like, um, anyway, they have all this drama going on. Uh, so there's wars between Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut. There's wars between America and Japan. It's turned into an international incident. It's like a, a gigantic, there's hate. The The fans turned on Kobayashi, and then he wanted to beat the crap out of Joey Chestnut and the guy that... Um, the guy that runs it, the guy that's like the play-by-play guy. Have you ever seen him like holding this guy back? Have you ever that seen dude, him like? Have that you ever dude seen who Kobayashi does the play-by-play. Play? Oh. Yeah. The guy like the announcer, you know, the guy who introduces them all. Right. He's that the guy is so over the top. You only see his face on TV once a year at that dopey hot dog eating contest down on Coney Island. But man, you never forget that annoying gimmick that he's got, calling all the, bringing all the people out to the stage. It is just so tiresome. Did you ever see them put uh, Kobayashi in handcuffs? Like the yes, police, I, that, that, like that little, that little staged event that they did that year, that, right. where they staged that. You know, that was like a WWE type of thing that they did that year. Let's pretend that Kobayashi got arrested for showing up at the hot dog contest. You know, we're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna do a little zany TV bit here where we're gonna get we're gonna put Kobayashi in the handcuffs. So did we do a thir- they did a thirty for thirty on these hot dog eaters? Now listen, let's just leave all the other stuff off the table: the turkey eating contest, the pizza eating contest, the wing eating contest. Uh, you know who can eat the most ribs? All this other stuff. Let's just focus on eating. Um, you know hot dogs and we're talking about like water cooked hot dogs right you understand they're not even cooked on the grill these are not grilled hot dogs these are like boiled hot dogs you understand that this is like your boy the (laughs) Sapporo guy the dude with the uh he's got the card on the street in New York City and it's all just hot water that they put the hot dogs in right is there anything worse than that tasting dog like it, it, no. it is the absolute worst, worst it's, thing you could ever have. And the thing is, if you go to the Nathan's in Coney Island, they right. put it on that nice grill. And when you get it right off of that grill, it is outstanding. There's nothing right. like that Nathan's dog. Or you put a little sabret on the grill at home. You know, there's nothing like it. When you got that water-soaked dog that's been sitting in that water in the cart, you know, on the corner of the street out there in New York City – and that's basically the hot dogs, like you say, that they're giving them in this competition. It's just come on. You it's think they're cooking just, all? You think they're cooking all those dogs inside Nathan's before they bring them out to the stage? Come on. No, not at all. Here's what. Here's the deal. The if you eat that water, that yellow stained like water, <laughs> that disgusting varmint water, like just poison water. If you eat a hot dog out of that, I guarantee you, you're gonna have ass missiles. I mean, it's just automatic. It's automatic. You're going to have ass missiles. I've always felt, is there anything worse than if you eat watered-down street hot dogs, the uh, just fire that <laughs> comes out of your garage door? I mean, you will shoot out M80s 
out of your uh, garage automatic if you eat that watered-down hot dog. And I'm telling you, all those hot dogs they eat are just basically the watered-down ones, right? Am I wrong, Carver? They're just millions of hot dogs they bring out there. Don't tell me they're grilling all those hot dogs. No chance. There's no chance that they are making those the proper Nathan's Coney right. Island way before all those trays and trays of hot dogs that they're – Bring it out to those people. There's just no shot. No shot. There's no shot. All right. So um, is there anything worse than seeing uh, the guys do the uh, zany radio bits where they bring in – and we've been exposed to it. Let's face facts. I'm, I'm, oh, done, being we, nice. I'm done being we, nice. We know I'm about zany being radio nice. bits. I, I, I'm done being nice. Did we not have – these morons that bring in the uh, all the competitive eaters to the radio station, and then they try to out eat them in like yeah. a uh, like a zany radio bit. <laughs> yep, yep, we've seen that. And I thought the best time is they they had a couple guys who were on the circuit, you know, uh, right. come in and they and they actually you know they got involved in it with them, and then they brought Chestnut in there that one time, and he was a total d to them about it. Like he came in with them, and he was like, "You want me to eat hot dogs?" Like yeah, dude, isn't that your gimmick? And like, he was the total D about coming in and eating the hot eat, dogs. He, he, he wouldn't eat the hot dogs. Nope, then, he, would, didn't, he wouldn't. Didn't eat they? It. Didn't they bring in like you know Phil Eater X and <laughs> all these other people? Bad, Badlands Booker. Yeah, like I'm sitting there. Did I used to not like make fun of it to you guys like endlessly? Like you've yeah. got to be a male organ of the month club to like bring in the the eating contest people to do anything at all like not even i don't even want to meet you i don't want to meet you i don't want to know you you're not a hero you're not a celebrity you're not an athlete you're you're basically you're a fat ass is what you are and and they're not even fat but like if you just all you do if if that's what you do for a living is there not something wrong with you i don't care what any of them think of me Honestly, there's got to be something wrong with you. That's what you do for a living. <laughs> That's all you do is every year you go around every month eating, like in these eating contests. That's what you do. What's wrong with you? Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for all on a bench, uh, Joe Lisi's our buddy, college football today on SportsGrid. Uh, he's going to think I'm nuts, but I, I kind of want to continue the conversation here for a minute and, and bring him into it. Joe, how you doing, bro? 
I'm doing well, Scott. Happy Fourth to you and the family. Getting ready for uh, 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 an eat fest. I got about seven pounds of beef that I'm looking to uh, get into uh, tomorrow afternoon. See, now, I, I can adapt to that. Like, you know, Joe's got the whole thing going with the barbecue on the 4th of Pharrell. He's got, like, he's going to cook all kinds of things. He's got the burgers going. He's got, like, a skirt steak going. He's got, like, a, you know, uh, steaks going. He's got ribs going. He's got even bratwurst, maybe some kielbasa <laughs> going and everything else. But uh, and I approve. And he, Joe's got the keg. He's got cases of beer. He's got white claws going. He's got vodka going. Tito's <laughs> going. He's got it all going. But what we're having a problem with Joe is these hot dog eating contest people. Uh, I you know this guy. Uh, the first first of all, the guy George, the the announcer. We I want to I want to shove my fist through his face. And then uh, I, I really I want to shove my fist through his face. Uh, he's the guy that I just you know, there's always one guy. You just want to beat his ass and just shut him up. He's the guy. And then I can't take I just can't take it. I Joe, I can't take the whole chestnut Kobayashi hot dog shoving. Every time I see it, I want to hurl. And then I, I'm like uh, every year this they douse us with this. And then I, I watched this guy eat 75 hot dogs, whatever. And then God only knows what happens to him when he walks off that stage. You know, he looks like he's <laughs> going to drop dead. And he and he's soaking wet, sweating. And the announcer always says on this, on this, how did you do it on this humid day in Coney Island? And it's like, uh, it's almost like it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. These stupid announcers, the stupid interviewer. And then they're asking this guy, he's got bun, wet buns all over his face and he's eating 75 hot dogs. And you know, he's just going to go and hurl his face off in some bathroom to get rid of all of it. And the salt intake, it's got to be like, can you imagine your heart? I can't even imagine what it does to your heart and body and like even your soul. The devil, I think the devil is behind the Nathan's <laughs> eating hot dog. I think Satan himself is the reason for that hot dog eating contest to to officially just make people eat so much. You know, hot dogs to begin with aren't good for you. You eat high, enough hot dogs, you drop dead. What do you think of all of it, Joe? Do you watch it? Do you hate these people? And then, and I even hate radio hosts who do zany radio bits with the eaters when they invite the eaters into their radio show and then try to have a competition with them to out eat the professional hot dog eater. Like, oh my God, it never gets worse than when the radio hosts start bringing in the eaters to try to beat them. What do you think, Joe? Well, I got to be honest with you, Scott. I always used to watch it with the sound off. So the, I couldn't even tell you who announced the hot dog eating contest. But, you know, back when Joey Chestnut was only eating about 14 or 15 hot dogs and Kobayashi had the record at like 53, you were rooting for Joey Chestnut, right? Come on, let's do it. Now he's up to like 68, 70 hot dogs. He looks like he's going to throw up on every turn. It's disgusting. But Remember the Black Widow, Sonia Thomas? She was the woman yes. back, like, years ago. She yes. ate, like, 50 hot dogs. She was, like, a bucko five. It's, imagine dating her. Like, you take her out, she eats 100 hot dogs. Your bill's, like, $800 before any glass of wine or anything. Ah. So, I think it's disgusting. I'm on a low-carb diet since 1998. I love protein, but eating nitrates for that many ah. minutes is disgusting. So, like, it, it, I'm totally turned off. 
But that being said, I'll probably tune in with the kids to see if somebody chucks on stage tomorrow afternoon. Right. Yeah, no. I'm not I'm not going to watch and I never watch because it's for losers. And let me tell you something else. Like, is there anything worse than like, can you even fathom? Ask Carver High. Could you couldn't pay me enough money? You couldn't even pay me enough money to stand out there with all those fat slobs and people with their body odor and it's a hundred degrees in Coney Island and there's not enough room. It's like New Year's Eve in Times Square. There's like a million people at this hot dog eating contest and everyone's soaking wet, smell like hell and they're drunk and they're high, they're on drugs and they have body odor and they're cheering for people shoving wet, soaking wet hot dogs down their throat. Joe, is there anything worse in the world? I've already asked Carver I had this. I'm going to ask you. This is a very professional question. Is there anything worse than soaking wet bread? Like, if I get a wet no, sandwich, I won't even eat it. Uh, that's. I mean, no, that's gross. I, I don't even eat bread. So, yeah, I'm with you. A soggy, wet, soggy, wet buns. Uh, unless she's a, a, a cover model. That's the only buns, though, Scott. That's it. Uh, no way. Right. No way am I eating any type of sandwich, wet buns. I would attempt maybe a, a hamburger eating contest, but outside of that, hot dogs, it's, it's totally disgusting. I'm with you. Did the guy, did you hear the guy? I think he said, um, Chestnut said he made 100 grand a year or something, more than 100 grand a year in eating uh, contests. Uh, can you imagine, like, seriously, like, doing that for a living and like what it does to your body. Like, I can't even like when these guys like show off their bellies after they put 75 hot dogs in them and then Kobayashi's rolling his stomach and then he's, he's got his shirt off and he's rolling his stomach trying to like, I don't even know what that does for anyone. Like I, I can't even look at them. Like, can you imagine someone does that for a living? Like, that's what they do. Seriously, because I, I, I have, I have absolutely zero respect for them. I don't have. I'm telling you, I don't care. You are not famous. You are not professional. Anything. You are. Uh, there's something wrong with you. There's got to be something wrong with them. I'm here to destroy their buzz tonight, Joe. I have no. I am. I. You know what I mean. <laughs> How how about their significant other? Hey, hon, uh, I got to go train today. I'm going down to the cafeteria. I'm going to eat uh, uh, 65 hot dogs. I'll be back by five o'clock. Have dinner ready. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like, I don't know. I, I, how do you date somebody like that? Oh, I'm go, I got to go on the road to Vegas this week, and I have to eat uh, 68 pounds of meat in 15 minutes. So I got to go train. It's disgusting. It really it is. is. I mean, it's it's gross. It's the epitome of just being a loaf. That's what it is. Didn't that used to be, Joe, that like the fourth of Pharrell was just, you know, uh, you go to the fireworks display at night and, and everybody has a good time and you you walk with your honey or significant other and you hold hands and everybody's, you know, happy and you might have a little beer buzz going and then you watch all the fireworks. Then you go home and you talk about how exciting it was. Why is it that every year now I have to be exposed to these slobs eating these hot dogs and it it's all over my television and then it becomes international news like it's become a huge story that you know whoever wins this thing and it, it is beyond me I, I honestly uh it, 
It just really irritates me. It shouldn't be allowed. I don't even think they should allow it. It should. Why is it that that ruins my 4th of July every year? I have to watch these people eating hot dogs. You know, tomorrow they're not even doing it in front of the crowd because of the COVID. They're doing it in some secret location. I hope they get lost when they go to do it and no one ever finds them again. I hope they're I hope they do it like on a like on a barge or something and then the barge breaks free of the moorings and sails out to sea and they all drown. I mean it. It's it's it, it's crazy. It really you know and I guarantee you they'll probably might you know for July 4th they might have a record handle from the sportsbook <laughs> perspective because really there's nothing else to gamble on. Right? How crazy uh, is that? What do they bet on the over-under, Joe, on the amount of hot dogs at 74, I think, is his record? Are they really going to go oh, the over-under, going to try to you know, go to 75 or 76 or something? Yeah. That's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I think they will. I think, I, I think you're going to see like a record handle for July 4th in the hot dog eating contest because there's every degenerate is looking to gamble tomorrow on July 4th, and this is the only thing in town that they're going to have to gamble on how many hot dogs Joey Chestnut is going to stuff down his throat. You want to know why your wife cheats on you? It's because you're at the window betting on a hot dog eating contest. You got to be a, a complete loser to like, can you imagine? Like I am, I'm here to say anyone that bets on that uh, tomorrow, you're a loser. And that's why your wife cheats on you. She, that's exactly why she's got a lover. Because her lover doesn't bet on hot dog eating contests. Can you imagine? Like, I, I it, you couldn't even get me to bet on a Korean baseball game, Joe. I mean, honestly, what, who in their right mind? And I know Smitty, and I love Smitty. All these guys bet on all these games, these Korean baseball games. Is there anything, like, who are you kidding? Trying to fool the public into believing that you know something about Korean baseball league games. Like, can you imagine trying to bet? On, is there anything dumber than betting on a sport you know nothing about? You don't know any of the players. You can't even speak the language. And you're and you're betting your money on on games like that. That's when you know you should be in a mental institution. <laughs> well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, stick to your zone. Stick to something you're good at, Scotty. And and I agree with you. I couldn't tell you the first thing about Korean baseball, but I did know that they had stuffed animals in the stands as fans uh, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so when we come back with Joe, we're actually going to talk college uh, football, believe it or not. I am very upset about the hot dog eating contest. I'm not having it. Carver High and I are not having it. We have been exposed to the zany radio bits for far too long. We are done with it. We are fighting back against the hot dog eating contest tomorrow. And um, we're going to come back and talk about college football. Are they even going to have a college football season? Uh, are they going to play it in the fall? Are they going to play it in the spring? Every team in the country has COVID problems. I think it's in jeopardy. All right, for all on the bench with Joe Lisi, college football today on Sports Grid. I like Joe a lot. He's uh, been on the show. He's a trip. Uh, we uh, get along well, and uh, we like having him on as much as possible. Joe. Let me go through uh, a litany of college football things uh, with you that uh, irritate me. Um, first of all, uh, are you surprised that uh, 
I, I got to tell you, I am completely shocked that Gundy and Ference uh, ha- have kept their jobs. How is it possible? Like, because I know Gundy got a, like, a, they took a million from him and they took a year from him in his contract. Uh, is that a nice way of saying, uh, we know you're a racist. So what we're going to do is we're just going to take a million dollars from you to make it look good. Because what we really uh, want to say in Portuguese is, we know you've never won anything, and we know you're worthless, and we know you can't win a conference championship, and we know you can't make the playoff, and we know you're a hack, and we know you're a racist, but we're not going to fire you anyway because all we care about down here is good old white boy stuff in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That's what that's what that is. And, and then Ference, Ference, yeah. I mean, Ference's guys, the whole staff, his, I mean, the, the strength coach, a racist, his son, he's a racist, the whole thing. And nobody ever does anything about it. It's amazing to me. Is it not? And then, I mean, you tell me. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think if they're out of both of those coaches, I'm, I'm really surprised that Ference is still there. I mean, after Akram Rawadley came out last week, uh, a former standout running back a few years ago with the Hawkeyes, and said that it was very difficult to play football under Kirk Ferentz because of a racial divide on top of what happened with the strength uh, coach of Doyle and his son transferring out of the program. I really thought that maybe there was a possibility after a 15-plus career that Kirk Ferentz would have moved on. But he's still there in Iowa City. They do have a solid team that bring back a senior-laden team this year that could possibly challenge uh, for the best half of the West uh, in the Big Ten this year. And then on the flip side with Mike Gundy, I agree with you, but they are loaded this year. And I think when you look at just what he was able to do in terms of talking to the team and talking to Chuba Hubbard and getting back on track and making an apology, they took the million from him, but they also realized you're right. You know, they have an opportunity to push and challenge Oklahoma. So we'll give it one more year and we'll see what happens. If they don't succeed in 2020, then Mike Gundy could be out of a job in 2021. Well, they, uh, first of all, they, they, no one wants to talk about 30 years ago that there's 30 witnesses that said he was dropping bombs when he played there, when he was a player. That's when uh, the players were accusing him of, of, uh, you know, shouting end bombs in the middle of games. Then, he, you know, the guy said, uh, Williams, I got 30 witnesses. And then Gundy never talked to the guy. He still never talked to the guy. Like, he never even acknowledged the conversation. He, he just completely stopped talking. Meanwhile, when the first thing came out, he had a, at first he had a, a, a press conference with Chuba. Then he had an apology. Uh, and then it reminded me of Drew Brees where he did an apology. Then the next day his wife did one. I thought his kids were next. I mean, like how many apologies <laughs> do we have to do? But he, but he would never talk about the end bombs when he was a player. The whole thing is disturbing to me. Right. Here's what I have to say about Ference. The guy literally said that they made him starve, that Kirk Ferentz deactivated his meal card and they treated him like an animal and wouldn't let the kid eat. He said that he had to call his mom to have her buy him food. And he went to friends' places off campus to eat because Kirk Ferentz and his staff cut off players' meal cards and wouldn't let him eat. Christ mm-hmm. almighty, you can't yeah. even make this stuff up. Like, if, if I was a father of a football player at Iowa and I found out that that guy wasn't letting my kid eat, I swear to God, 
I guarantee you, I would punch him right in the face the next time I saw him. They'd have to have three people hold me back because I would gouge his eyes out with my thumb. And I am, I'm not even kidding. Like, if you did that to my kid, I would punch you in the face five times like an NHL jackrabbit punch. Joe, I'm telling you, I'd lose my temper. I'm with you, Scott. I'm one to uh, go off the handle as well. So if, if somebody jeopardized the health of my child, especially under a school environment where he's a scholarship type of player, and they didn't want him to gain weight. Uh, you know, Akram Wadley was part of a three-tier backfield of LaShawn Daniels and Jordan Canzeri back in the day when they made it to the, the Big Ten championship game against uh, Michigan State. So they wanted him to keep his weight down. They wanted him to maintain his speed, but that's not the way you do it. And then when you hear the backstory of Doyle, the strength coach, trying to push players and, and with the racist comments, I'm amazed that Kirk Ferentz is still the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes right now. I mean, that is absolutely unbelievable. How great is it, uh, Joe, that uh, Jimbo Fisher now, we know, uh, I guess without a doubt, we know he's a cheater. I mean, uh, and then all those FSU fans are pouncing on him. He, he's he been in College Station one year, and he's already busted for cause, uh, show cause. Uh, bottom line is Jimbo Fisher cheats, and now we all know it. And then he says, I'm just glad we put it behind us. No, you think you put it behind you. Now that we know you cheat, uh, we can make fun of you forever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that was the one thing. He got out of Dodge in terms of Florida State. He left that program in shambles for Willie Taggart when he took over. They were making a slow decline since he won the national championship over Auburn in 2013. And now he goes to College Station. He gets a $75 million uh, contract over 10 years. $7.5 million a year, Scott. And Kevin Sumlin was taking that team to 8-5 and five and 8-5, and five and they, want, they ran him out of town. Jimbo Fisher was supposed to do better. He was, you know, the coach that was supposed to challenge for the SEC West this year, and they drop a bombshell. And now he's just sitting back like, hey, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. You're getting $7.5 million to win the West, and you can't even get the team. You need to cheat. It's unbelievable. I, I never liked Jimbo Fisher. He was a better coordinator, in my opinion, than he was a head coach. And I, I know I'll get negative comments for that, but I still believe that he needs to coach that talent up. And in a big spot, I'm not a big Jimbo Fisher backer. You know, he won a title there in Tallahassee, so you know he cheated. <laughs> I mean, that's just all there is to it. So <laughs> how about the South Carolina governor saying that he's – uh, not going to allow college football to be played in his state uh, in the fall. And then all I had to say is uh, Gamecocks and Clemson Tigers. And then if those two aren't playing, who cares about anybody else? I mean, if they shut down uh, South Carolina, I got to tell you, like just even the SEC and ACC itself, it, you might as well just cancel the whole football season. Yeah, that's where we're at right now. And you could throw USC into the mix where they said now it's almost 95% uh, online classes, right? So right. that's what the NCAA said. Unless kids could be on campus for ca uh, class, how are they going to play football? We got that September 15 between Alabama and USC. I agree with you. If they're not going to play football in the state of South Carolina, it's going to put on a huge problem uh, for the SEC, South Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, uh, Tennessee, those uh, SEC East games matter. We'll see what Will Muschamp has because he's definitely on the hot seat in 2020. 
I mean, where, where's Clemson going to play uh, their football games at the Coney Island hot dog eating contest? I mean, uh, honestly, like, where, where is Clemson going to play their games? So how about this? Uh, you know, you talk about USC. Pac-12 has said, look, we'll move games to the spring. Then you get Lincoln Riley, who's got way more juice than the Pac-12 by himself because Oklahoma matters. And Lincoln Riley, people are like, he'll be an NFL head coach in, in you know, two years. Uh, he's down there in Norman, and he said, you know, it's not out of the realm to have it in the spring. We could actually pull it off. Uh, and then you've got every, what, Kansas, LSU, Alabama. I, don't get me started, uh, Joe. I could sit here all day with all the uh, – the Ivy League said they're going – they want to play in the spring. There are so many schools – with COVID problems right now with their football programs, how can you tell me that we're going to have a college football season? It sounds to me like it's about to be canceled. Yeah, it it feels that way. It's starting to feel that way. But the the problem is, Scott, if they push it to the spring, who gets the revenue money for the TV contracts going up against March Madness? What happens to college basketball? That's the big problem. I don't think they're thinking of the TV revenue because who's going to cover if, if Kansas is playing simul, simultaneously football and basketball, how is that going to solve the matter? I mean, who's going to cover it? ESPN, CBS? That's the big problem in terms of the college football season, running it in the spring against college basketball. So uh, I don't want to see it start in the spring, but if it's the safest bet and it's the way we can get in a full season – then we'll have to do it. But right now, it's starting to look like 60-40. We'll still get it in on September 5th, but uh, we're slowly creeping down to 50-50 at this point. Yeah, I'm not uh, really, uh, frankly, believing it. What would you do, Joe Lisi, if your kid was at uh, Alabama and uh, you know, you, your wife called down to see how little Johnny's doing, and he said, uh, <laughs> I can't talk right now, Mom. I'm going to a COVID party. I'm going to go I'm going to go try to get covid because that's what they're doing down in Tuscaloosa. Like I asked today on Coast to Coast, how stupid do you have to be? Uh, You're going to get a higher education. You're going to drink beer, try to get laid, all the rest. I get it. But but you really are there to like better yourself, get an education, get a degree, go out in the real world and work. What kind of nincompoop do you have to be to uh, be stupid enough? That'd be like, you know, uh, hey, my uh, my my wife has the flu. And uh, you know what I want? We do me a favor and lick my face while you have the flu <laughs> so that I can enjoy having the flu as much as you for the next five days. I want 103 fever. I want to vomit and I want to uh, be soaking wet in bed and I want to cough and, and uh, I want to sneeze and I want to be able to not breathe and I, I want to die. Uh, can you do me a favor and just lick my face? Like, how stupid do you have to be if you're in college and you're doing that right now? Well, it, it seems like, like that's what they're doing. It seems like Clemson, LSU, they're trying to create this herd immunity to get it all before the season so that way they don't have the, the residual effect, let's say, in late October, early November. It's unfortunate. Kids are, you know, they're they're naive and they're stupid. It's, uh, we'll see how it plays out, though. Uh, I just hope everybody gets through without any injuries or out any debt. You know, uh, Carver High, just, uh, he's talking in my ear right now, and he says, all of these kids are stupid. 
The only thing this leads to is Notre Dame winning the national championship going away. <laughs> no kids in well, South Bend. Yeah, he believes he's a yeah. Heisman Trophy candidate. Do you think they're going to be good? I th- I think they have a chance, Scott. That that the game in November will ultimately dictate whether uh, Notre Dame is for real when Clemson comes to South Bend. How do you think Derek King will do at uh, Miami as the quarterback? Because you know everyone talked about how great he was at Houston, and he really wasn't. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Yeah, I got. I think- I think they need a running game, Scott. They need a running game to take the pressure off him. Offensive line allowed 51 sacks last year. That's going to be a problem. Defensive losses as well, uh, especially at the linebacker position. We'll see how it plays out. Defensive line is solid. Linebacker took a hit as well as secondary. So I, I picked him at eight and four this year. You know, uh, next time we have you on, Joe, we'll hit more teams around the country and, and talk bad about people. Uh, as much as possible. <laughs> it's always good having you on uh, the bench, Joe. Have a great fourth of Pharrell and a fantastic weekend. I'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for coming on the bench. You got it, brother. Enjoy the fourth. I love that dude, Joe Lisi. Check him out, College Football Today on SportsGrid. Uh, we got a lot going on here. Uh, we've talked bad about a lot of people so far, and uh, I'm looking at bag of tricks. All right, Pharrell on the bench with you with Carver High. So uh, I just want to say, like, a lot of the schools around uh, where I live, uh, not that you care where I live. I don't care really either where I live or where you live. But I know that uh, here's the deal. There's a lot of them that are, like, literally changing their mascots' names, right? So uh, I know that. They're they're doing the whole Indians thing is being, you know, they're cutting that out of high school teams and um, Cowboys and they're doing, uh, you name it. They're changing team mascot names left and right. And then today, the uh, we already know, we've been talking about it on the show for days, the Washington Redskins, right? That That is already, you know, caught the psyche of the american public that that's an issue now trust me they're changing the name of the washington redskins it's about to happen and then the other one is the cleveland indians they're going to change the name of the cleveland indians still i mean this is the most unbelievable thing i've ever seen that like the country that we live in is is erasing everything that's ever happened in the history of the world and they're just going to change everything there's going to be no you know by the time they're done, there won't even be nicknames or team names or anything. <laughs> They'll just call them Team X, Team Y, Team J, Team P, Team D, Team A. I mean, honestly, that's that's where we're headed, right? Who cares if the high school <laughs> mascot? What's next? <laughs> you know, the, the school, they, uh, they were going to name the team the Trailblazers or something, and I was like... <laughs> I go. So I walked around and I said, I prefer the privateers. Who cares what your team's nickname is? I remember I went to Mount Lebanon, the Blue Devils in Pittsburgh. I thought they were femmes then. I still do. I hate everyone. I hate nicknames. I hate everybody. 